0: I was asking the Lord a while ago, meaning several days ago, what should I talk to these dear young people about tonight? And the reason I just didn't think about what to say, but rather I talked to the Lord about it, because only he is the real source. That apart from him, without him, we have nothing that's living or real. And then in my fellowship with him, then gradually came, I believe was the Lord's leading, to talk to you about two very important questions. And it may sound uh, extreme, but I know it's a fact from lots of study and experience over decades. Maybe only one-tenth of one percent at the most of the people living on Earth know the right answer to these two questions. And maybe that's too high a number. At least you get some impression. So here are the two questions. The first is what is a human being? Just what is a human? Whether male or female, what is a human? And then what are you as a human? And you're young, and I'm not, but no matter what the stage is, if you understand what you are, it'll make a tremendous difference. Then the other question is, what is the purpose of human life on earth? Why are we here? I'm not interested in getting into How did we get here? How did God do it? But why? So actually, even really young children, I know from my own, they're middle-aged now, but I have memories of them when they were five or six, they ask quite deep questions. They just pop out of them. And these questions may be in you. I don't think you spend a lot of time dwelling on them. There's no need to do that. But what is a human being? In other words, what are you in your humanity, according to God? Well, first, let me say, you're not a mere animal. that if you go to UC Berkeley or go to UCLA or Stanford or Harvard or Princeton or MIT, some professors may say there's very little difference between you and an orangutan. You're just an animal. But we'll point out there's some fundamental differences. There's a big gap And according to the story in Genesis, when the first man was here without a counterpart, he didn't say, wow, maybe this hippopotamus or a giraffe would be a match. He realized, none of them match me. I'm a unique category. And so, a female was produced. And so, Here is the first part of the answer to the question What is a human being? In other words, what are you? You are a vessel created by God to contain Him and express Him. We're all containers. And uh, if you're not too self-conscious to do this, maybe when you're alone and stand in front of a full-length mirror, you might consider this, you know, I really am a kind of bottle. We're all in different shapes, different sizes. But the opening is at the top and we take things in So we're a bunch of God bottles, vessels created to contain him. And many verses speak about this. Even in Genesis 2, when the Bible says the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground, that Hebrew word means To form like a potter. And so he shaped all of us. And no matter what our outward differences are. We are all vessels. To contain God. In Romans chapter 9. Verse 23. Paul says two things about these vessels first their vessels of mercy and the time will come when you will thank god that he's not angry he's not fierce he's merciful he's kind he's loving he's caring and he wants us to be filled with this these attributes that he is. Then the verse mentions, we are vessels of mercy unto glory. And glory in the Bible, that word means God expressed. So this is what a human being is. Every human being is a vessel with three parts, spirit, soul, and body, Designed to contain God and then express God. And here is something about you'll learn about yourself. Maybe some of those nearing the end of high school, you might have learned this already. But because you're a vessel, you cannot bear being empty. You just can't. You must have something to fill you. And on this Saturday night, all throughout the state of California, human beings are desperately trying to find something joyful to fill their vessel. Then many of them will wake up tomorrow morning feeling more empty than ever. So we should not remain empty vessels. That's really dangerous. But here is something I'd like you to think about. And we'll pray that the Spirit will remind you to think about this a lot from time to time. And that is... What will be the content of you as a vessel? I don't know what will happen when someone who's like LeBron James, one of the greatest basketball players that ever lived, when he stands before the Lord on that judgment, and the Lord asks him, what filled your being? Basketball. Tiger Woods might say. Golf. Although I didn't beat Jack Nicholas. Someone else will say. Rock music. And this is a matter of. Only you can decide. The Lord will never force Himself upon you. You have the freedom, there's a will inside of you to decide what will be your content. And so here are the, the two choices, the two main choices. Let's say you want God to be your content. You want the wonderful person we've been singing about for half an hour. You want your being to be filled with him. And to be filled with life and love and joy and peace and compassion So this is your choice. And by the way, it's just a fact in human development. Some of the most serious life-directing choices are made in the teenage years. I made a decision when I was 16 that has governed my life for decades. No matter where I've been, no matter what has been happening, joy or sorrow, life or death, the decision was made and it was made toward the Lord. Well, if you want the Triune God to be your content, this is how He enters. And this is where he goes in you. Well, God himself, as God, he's larger than the universe. How can he fit inside of a God bottle like me or like you? So he went through a process of becoming a man Jesus, the Son of Man. then in resurrection, the Lord Jesus, he still had a body, but he became the life-giving spirit like breath. And on the day of his resurrection, he breathed on the disciples. So the Lord enters into you as the spirit And where is he aiming? Not your mind. He will go through your mind. Not your heart. He will go deeper than the heart. He is aiming for the depths of your being. And that is your human spirit. You're very much aware of your body because it's growing and developing. And you're at a stage where you're quite self-conscious much of the time. So you're aware of your feelings when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're lonely, when you have friends. But you may not realize the deepest part of your being as a human is your spirit. It's hard to say where it is, but I know it's not up here. And it's not on my flat feet. It's just deep in the center of our being. And the Lord, as the Spirit, wants every day for us to call on him, for us to sing, for us to read the Bible a little, for us to pray. And then he dispenses himself into our spirit, which is the receiving organ. I'm glad we sang that first song at the end because there's a prayer in me for you right now. While I'm speaking, I'm praying. I don't have to kneel down. I don't have to close my eyes. I can be having this conversation with you. My spirit is praying that you would all be enlightened to know that a person, the resurrected Christ, is inside of you. I was saved just two weeks or so before my 16th birthday. About a month after I was saved, I had this strange sense in me. And I even spoke to myself. Every once in a while I do that. It's okay. It's when you get answers that you had to be careful, you know. I said to myself, there's another person in me. I realized it had to be the Lord somehow, but I had no one to help me. I had to wait 11 years until I was 27 and got help from a brother named Witness Lee. And I learned that I have a spirit and the Lord is there. So there is right now a person in our spirit, Christ himself as the spirit. But the rest of our being is mainly the vessel. So now what will fill our heart and our soul? This is the question. God's way is to dispense himself as much as possible into your spirit, which he's doing right now. Right now, it's happening. And then from your spirit, he wants to make his home in your heart, to fill your soul, and to give life to your body, That is how he becomes your content. He works from the inside out. And the more he spreads from our spirit into our heart, the happier we are. The more joyful we are. We're filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. The more peace we have. The more love we experience. This is the content inwardly of our being. And one practical way to work this out, and I'm being very realistic here, is to take just a few minutes, let's say five or seven minutes in your day. If that's too much, start with three. And just sing a little, read a few verses, talk to the Lord in the way of conversation, tell him how you feel, tell him what you expect is happening that day. Ask him what you like him to do for you, to care for you. Read some verses. This is like having your breakfast. But there's the other choice. And the other choice completely either ignores or rejects God's way and that is to find things outside material things physical things that will make our soul happy and we need we need Some things to enjoy humanly. But let me ask you rather directly. Is music going to become the content of your vessel? I'm not saying don't listen to music. I don't have any religious rules to give you. I don't do that. Do you want video games to be the content of your being. What will happen in the next 10 years with what's available electronically? Who knows? You get on your iPad, your smartphone, your laptop, if you have one. A few clicks. You can go anywhere. And everything you look at, especially when you concentrate on it, it enters into you the music that you listen to especially when you love it you just can't bear to be without earphones on you will find out some of us that are older we're in an elevator in a store and there's playing some music and that was a song from the 50s Is still in me. And so the way of the world. In the attempt. To deal with the emptiness. Of the vessel. Is to get filled with things. That your particular soul. Likes. In our whole. Society is for this. So why would we pay professional athletes tens of millions of dollars to play football, basketball, baseball? Because we want that. Others don't care for that. It's something else. Now, if you decide not to make a choice, That equals making a choice. Let me explain. Let's say there's a brother here among the serving ones who's in the training. And he graduates from the training quite soon and there's a sister he likes and she likes him. And they have a courtship. And it seems that they both love each other. And so he goes to this place online Blue Nile where you can design yourself a wedding ring or an engagement ring I know because I did it okay (laughs) but I had to learn from someone 23 how to do it and so he gets this metal circle with a mineral on top it's in a little box and then he you know he does something creative Like if I'm not a a dear brother I know in Russia, he took the sister he's courting on a balloon ride and he proposed to her in a balloon. So some of the brothers are quite creative. So whether you get down on one knee or whether you take her to the, the ocean, whatever it is, if you say to her, dear, I love you, Will you marry me? And she doesn't answer. Then, okay, then, then you repeat it. <laughs> I mean, to say, maybe you're shocked. Maybe the tears of joy are filling you up. You don't know what to say. So let me repeat. I love you. I believe the Lord is bringing us together. Will you marry me? And she doesn't say anything. No answer equals no. No decision equals no. That's as far as God is concerned. As far as the enemy is concerned, no decision means yes to me. Because if you are passive, I will be active. But if you are active, I cannot move in you. So this is the first matter we're considering. A human being is a vessel. We cannot bear to be empty. We must have something that at least for a little while will give us a sense that we're... we're filled so now many are in a bar and there may be a guitar player a folk song singer the people are drinking and having their popcorn and singing along on a Saturday night they have some sense of being with other people having joy then there's this small minority of actually the most normal people, but in the eyes of the world, we're weird. We want to be human vessels filled with God. We live a normal human life in all of its stages. But we know what we are. We're a vessel. We're a kind of God-bottle. And we can listen to music, we can watch this, we can buy this, we can do this, whatever it is. It comes through our senses into our soul. Our soul is happy for a little while. But then if we dare to be alone, quietly for ten minutes, deep within, your spirit will give you a sense you're empty and your life is meaningless. So this is God's answer to the question, what a human being is. A little more about this, then we'll go on to the second one because there'll be time for you to respond if you want to. We were created in his image, And that's an inward matter. God doesn't have hair like we have. He doesn't have nostrils like we have. Okay, But our human virtues correspond to his attributes. God is love. And we have the human ability to love. And so we're created in such a way that the Lord feels very comfortable inside of us. Actually, according to Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3, he wants to make his home in our heart. He'd like to live in you, to make your heart his home. And we may pray for this. Lord, strengthen me in my inner man. Make your home in my heart. The more he does this, the more peaceful you are, the happier you are, the more satisfied you are. Because he is so comfortable being in you and you're so comfortable having him in you. So that's what you are. But the decision rests with you. What will you take in as your content? I'm not saying everything, every music you listen to becomes your content. It's when You can't live without it. When it's the most important thing to you. It's what gives you the most joy. These are signs. That's your content. And you're just getting going. You're young. You're just getting going. What kind of inner being will you have If you become my age, an ancient fellow, right? Decades and decades of being filled. What will you be like? So I leave this with you to consider. You're a vessel. You can't change that. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, that's the fact. And you not only have a body and a soul, you have a spirit. And only God can enter your spirit, nothing else. Then the second question is this. What is the purpose of our human existence? Why are we here? And to make it very personal, why are you here? Why did God produce a situation that your parents, when they're single, would meet and they would get married and produce you, and their parents would do the same thing? Why are you here? And the world will say there is no reason, there is no purpose. It's all an accident. You came from nothing. That's all you are. You go to MIT. One brilliant student there was one of a series of suicides at MIT two years ago. And before he took his life, he just posted this for all to see. I'm just a, a bag full of water and neurons. That's all I am. So why, what's the point of being here? But, but there's something deep within you. It's from your spirit. That gives you the sense there must be a reason that you're here. There must be a purpose. What is the purpose of it? And our brother, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing his last letter through his spiritual son, Timothy, Paul was in prison. He knew he would soon be martyred. And Timothy would have to continue the ministry. In the second Timothy chapter one verse nine, he said, "God saved us according to His own purpose." So God created you, and the Lord Jesus saved you for God's purpose. But what is it? What's the purpose? But we have to go one step deeper than purpose. And then we get the answer. Many years ago, in teaching a class in the full-time training, you might have heard about that, but don't worry, I don't recruit. I don't recruit. I don't believe in putting pressure on young persons to do this or that. You are the Lord's, let the Lord lead you. You're a human, you can make free decisions. But here they are. So I thought I would have a little fun with them one morning. I said, Okay. There's one verse in the Bible that tells us why everything exists. One verse. So first the aggressive quick brothers, they came out with the answers. And of course they were wrong. So that encouraged the others that were kind of shy. I thought. And this went on for, I don't know, between 20 and 30 minutes. just dozens and dozens of verses, and I'm telling them, that's an excellent verse, but it's the wrong one. This is a good choice, smart choice. it's the wrong one. And some of the serving ones right here are thinking about the verse, and it's the wrong one. <laughs> Maybe. Until finally, one brother stood up and he said, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. All things were created because of God's will. Because in eternity... There was no time or space. There was no universe, no angels, no humans, just God. And he wanted something. That's what will means. God wants something deep in his heart. And because of his will, that is what he wants, he created the universe. He created our galaxy, our solar system, our planet, our continent. He created human beings. He created your parents and he created you. But in eternity past, he knew you. In eternity past, he chose you. That's Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. And then he determined the time, the place, the family in which you were born. Because every one of you is irreplaceable in the eyes of God the Father. There's no one like you. There never will be anyone like you. Even if you're a twin, identical twins, still, there's a difference. So God created the universe. He created human beings because of his will. And God's will is what he wants. So what does God want? Okay. God wants in this universe he created to express himself through a group of human beings on the earth who are the same as he is in life, in nature, and expression. The difference is He's God in the Godhead and we're not. That's why you said, let us make man in our image. So we were created to be on this earth, expressing God and his glory. But in order for that to happen, God first came in his Son, who is the image of God, the shining forth of God. And now his plan is to put this son Christ in all of us and transform all of us until we are the twins of the firstborn son of God. We will all be transformed into the same image, yet you'll still be you But Christ will be shining out of you. And Christ will be shining out of you in a way he cannot shine out of anyone else. That's why God created you as you, with your kind of temperament and your kind of disposition, your kind of abilities. And then he wants to put all of us together in perfect oneness so that corporately we express him. And that corporate entity is the church. So what God wants, what his will is, it's the church as the corporate expression of Christ. This was planned in eternity past. So God shows us to be holy. So you're going to be holy just as God is. God predestinated us to be sons. That includes male and female believers, just as all female and male believers are the wife. Both genders are included. That's why we exist. And the meaning. Of a human life. Is this. The meaning of your life. Is this. That you have made a decision. That you will live. For. The will of God. That is why we're here. We are here to live. For the will of God. When I was 16, after praying a certain prayer every night for one month, I made a decision. So I'll briefly tell you the story. I was 16. The Lord spiritually, not physically, inwardly, was speaking to me, saying, Ron, I want you to be a minister. My answer, I can't. Next night, Ron, I want you to be a minister. Answer, I can't. Halfway through, I was only 16, but I was asked to speak in a but they thought it was a church meeting on the lord's day and i spoke and we all realized something happened so that night i tried to pray the lord says ron i want you to be a ministry minister i said i won't the next night ron i want you to be a minister i won't very brief conversation And at the end, Ron, I want you to be a minister. I will. That's a choice. Not I want. I will. This is your will for me. This is what I live for. I'm only 16. I've got high school. I've got four years of university. I need years of theological training. Yes. I mean, I'm just a typical 16 teenager in the 50s. You have to do a Google search to see what a duck tail is. Okay? You get real, real long hair and then you comb it this way and it's like the tail of a duck. So here I am, you know, with my heavy boots on, and Levi's. I'm not exactly transformed at all. I'm just a kid. But in me, in my spirit, the direction of my wife, my life, also my wife, by the way, (laughs) that was God's plan later, was settled And then there was another time when I realized something. And I'll pretty much end with this. I learned something about God's will. On the one hand, God will allow us to do certain things. He really doesn't want us to. He wants us to do something else. But we're not robots. So he will permit you to do. And then there's what Paul calls God's perfect will. But God has ordained what is in his heart. And I made another decision. I refuse to take the way of the permissive will. I refuse. I choose God's ordained will, his perfect will. But I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was. But what it was, I didn't know. Until I came into the church life in Los Angeles and learned from a little China man, from Chi Fu, that the will of God is to have Christ with the church to be his corporate expression. And the way the Bible presents this is, it's really a divine romance where Christ will be the husband, the church will be the bride becoming the wife, so it's settled And I can say looking back I have no regrets for taking this way. So what is in my heart I believe is in the Lord's heart concerning you. That little by little you'll realize what a human being is. You're a vessel. Then what will be the content that's up to you? You can open to this and close to that. You can close to that and open to this. This is up to you. I just will pray that the Lord will draw you and you will respond and you will say, I choose to be filled with God. And when I meet the Lord, I want to be filled with you. And then, Lord, the purpose of my life is to live for the will of God. I choose it. I may not know what it is. Probably very few in this room. You don't know what it is. But Paul could say, Paul, an apostle, through the will of God, he's indicating he became what he was by the will of God. And in the context of God's will to have the church, he has a will for every believer, every one of you. He has a direction, he has a journey, he has a plan. And I just hope and pray for you. You can sense the feeling in my heart toward you. That you will choose God to be the content and you will choose living for the will of God to be the purpose of your life and then you choose the perfect will of God and then you will see every stage of your life year after year year after year God's plan for you will unfold he'll direct all your steps And you'll just be filled with love, joy, peace, praise, and thanksgiving to such a God who created us to be his vessel, and he created us to live for his will. Amen. Amen.